I want to um, kind of let you know how the year needs to end. We need to understand that God is with us. This has been a tough couple of years for us. It's been a tough couple of years as we're trying to figure out what's true, what's not true, how bad are some things, how bad are other things. Do we shut the world down? Do we uh, keep meeting? Do we do this? Do we do that? And so many different questions. And and I'll be honest with you, um, I have not handled the past two years the greatest. Um, they have been super hard. Um, I have literally done more funerals in the past almost two four years march of course will be the the full two years of since they announced the world was coming to an end um i know that the virus is is real uh so don't anybody walk out of here going well he doesn't take things seriously it's not about that i take god seriously and i understand that while things are tough, this is what the Bible told us would happen. Unless you've never read your Bible, um, it talks about the things when it's those signs are going to happen <clears throat> for Christ to return, that we're going to have things like this, diseases, pestilence, all types of stuff that, that we can't explain. And so the government, the government is quickly trying to explain them so that they look better than the Bible but if you've ever read your Bible, you know that um, these are the things God told us about. Uh, anger, hatred, families divided. Oh, my gracious, our families divided today. There's families divided over this stupid virus. I mean, it's crazy just how we are watching the world act and react to the things that have happened over the past couple of years. We've watched here in America where there's an attack upon the Christian, upon the church. Uh, Pretty soon, I I really do believe this, if we continue to go the direction that we're going, um, this book will be outlawed. Like, I'm serious. That is truly what I believe will happen eventually is that this will become something that is outlawed. We will no longer be able to preach truth. And when that happens, we then will be put in a very, very tough situation. However, I've got good news. God is with us. For some reason, the prosperity gospel preaches that if you're truly a believer, then everything is going to be okay. That's not what my Bible teaches. My Bible teaches that if I'm truly a believer, all hell will come against me. And literally all hell will break out against me and break loose against me. And that's, that's the goal of Satan is to make us look stupid and defeat us and make us feel as though there's no hope. And when the church no longer can show hope, then the rest of the world goes, then why would I want to be a part of that? And that's why I want this morning to preach not a doom and gloom, but instead a message of hope. That no matter how dark it gets, no matter how bad it looks, God is with us. Yet I have watched so many Christians walk around as though they are already defeated. Oh, don't talk about that. Don't say those things. Oh, oh I, can't, I can't handle that. Come on, people. We have to learn to live in this crazy, wicked world. 
And the only way to live in this crazy, wicked world is to understand that no matter what God throws at us, no matter what Satan throws at us, God is with us. He is with us. I lost some of my dearest, sweetest friends in this past 18 months, 19 months. I have watched people that I love dearly be put in the ground. And yet I have never seen God fail yet. I have watched others worry. What's going to happen next? How, how am I going to handle this? How am I going to handle that? I've watched Christians get so depressed and so upset. Folks, have you forgotten that God is with us? Have you forgotten how good God is? And I want us to just for a moment to today as we look into uh, the upcoming year, and we look back at the last year and however long since March of 2020, can we, can we recognize, can we, can we see that God is with us? I, I have watched certain people not understand how good God is. You may tell you why, because they can't let go of control. You know anybody that has to control everything? I know people that their ministries would be awesome if they would just let go. I was one of those people that I had to have control of everything and everything had to be done. Now I would say this, oh, I'm good with whatever y'all decide. But then I would be back there in the background going, you know, y'all really should think about this and you really should think about that. And y'all should be doing this. Can I tell you something? I have felt more at peace just trusting God, knowing that God has a plan. A lot of people tell me, you've done really good at Pine Island. You, you guys are crazy when you say that. You want to tell you how I know? Because I've been more in the way than I've been on the right side of things. And I can tell you that because I'm the one living that life. I'm the one who actually probably, in spite of me, God has blessed Pine Island in ways that I can't even dream or imagine. I look back and I see just how good God is. What had to happen? I had to get out of the way. I had to quit worrying about every little detail and just trust that God had put the right people in my life and let it go. God is with us. And I want you to know that God is with you. The biggest thing you have is you've got to learn to quit trying to control everything and trust that God is in control. Now, this promise that uh, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, Translated God with us, the promise of this is important. This is not just a name that they gave Christ at birth. This is not just something that, that he would be recognized as. This title represents who he is. He is God in the flesh, and he is God with us no matter what. Uh, the 23rd Psalm, many of you have heard this uh, read uh, at, at a funeral. And, and while it is, it is uh, something that we normally see, those of you that go to church here, you know that um, the 23rd Psalm is actually about David knowing that his enemies are out to kill him. His enemies are out to get him. They want to destroy him. They want to see him fall and fail. And so with David surrounded by his enemies, David says these words, the Lord is my shepherd. I what shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. David is saying, look, I am faint. I am weary. I am tired. My enemies are constantly after me. But guess what? God is with me. 
He says, the Lord is my shepherd. He's guarding David. He's, he's guiding David. He, he's going to use the crook in order to, to keep David out of trouble. He, he'll use the crook of the staff to, to reach down when David is in trouble and to pull him up. I will not be in need. He says, he lets me lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside the quieter still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what? I will fear no evil. What is he saying? Even if I die, even if they come after me, even if they kill me, I have no fear. Because I'm going to leave this world and I'm going to be with the Lord. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He says, listen, my enemies, are they can see what's happening. They are watching my life, and yet, God, you prepare the table. You give me the things that I need. My table has everything on it that I need. Every ounce of substance, everything that I need for my body is there. Everything that I need, provision for my life is there. Because you, God, have prepared the the, the table. And yes, my enemies are looking on. And they have seen that you have anointed my head with oil. They see that my cup runs over. Can I tell you something? As a Christian, if your cup's not running over, that's not God's fault. Amen? If your cup's not running over, don't blame that one on God. David is surrounded knowing that he could die at any moment. And yet he says, man, all I can see is the goodness of God. Surely goodness and mercy, faithfulness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. (laughs) David said, that's fine. Go ahead and take my life. I'll be with the Lord forever. I'm not worried about this. I'm not concerned. And yet I have watched people. My wife and I have talked about this numerous times. We have watched the people in this church suddenly die while they're still living. Literally, that's how I feel. I I literally feel like people have died in the past over a year and a half all because of a virus. And people have this fear. Well, if I go out, I'll get sick. Man, the believer ought to be like, you know what? If it's my time to go, it's my time to go. I'm going to keep living. I don't want anybody. Listen, folks, do what you have to do, but don't quit living. Don't quit following after God. I tell my people all the time, if you get your advice from people that are lost, you're going to live like the lost. But if you get your advice from people that are believers, you're going to live like a believer. And if you're asking me, keep living, keep living. Don't stop. Now more than ever, the world needs to see a church that is assured of who it belongs to. They need to see a church whose confidence is not in what the world says or what the news or fake news says, but instead what the Bible says. People say, well, the coronavirus killed my so-and-so. No, it didn't. That was their time to go. Y'all, I, I have been to wrecks working for the funeral home. I, I, I have been to wrecks where you would look and you would say, why are we here? Like, this car is not hardly damaged at all. But yet there was someone who died in that car wreck. Why? Because it was their time to go. 
I have been to Rex as someone who just happened to, to be driving by, and you're looking at a car that's mangled to pieces. Poured, and you're like, there's no way anybody could live from that. And when you get there, you find out that everybody's standing around the car going, good grief, look at that car. And all they have is maybe a cut on the arm. And yet I'm watching the church today just live in fear as though God's no longer in control. Folks, God is not sitting, as Bette Midler put it, from a distance. If that's one of your favorite songs, shame on you. You don't understand the Bible. Matter of fact, if that's your favorite song, stand up and sing it right now because I want to call you out. God is not at a distance worrying about his family, worrying about his children. God is right here. He dwells amongst us. He is with us. And if we're a believer, guess what? He's within us. God is with us when we feel abandoned. God is with us when we feel abandoned. How how do I say this where it doesn't sound wrong? If you're a true believer, you ought to feel orphaned at times. If you are a true believer, there should be times in your life where you feel very much alone. However, even in the midst of feeling alone, guess what you know? God is with us. John chapter 14, verse 16 says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper so that he may be with you forever. Now remember in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6, Christ is trying to prepare his disciples because he's about to do what? He's about to go to a cross. He's about to be killed. They're about to put him in a borrowed tomb. He's going to raise three days later. He's going to be on the earth for how many days? Forty days. You are so smart. And on that, after that, what's going to happen? He ascends to heaven where he sits at the right hand of the father. Okay. Y'all got all that? Everybody good? All right. So he's trying to prepare the disciples. They ask all types of questions. Then he says, listen, don't worry. Don't worry. I'm going to ask the father and he will give you another helper so that he may be with you forever. The helper is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him nor know him, but you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. Why would he say that? Why would Christ use this as an example? I will not leave you as orphans. I'll tell you why. Because there are times that as a believer, you feel very much alone. If you're at your job and you work there and you're a true believer, there's going to be times that you feel very much alone because nobody else thinks like you. Nobody else talks like you. Nobody, nobody reacts to life like you do. Nobody responds the way that you do. You're going to feel as though you're the only one that really cares. And that's exactly right. You may be. But my friend, when you feel abandoned, guess what? God is with you. He said, I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you. After a little while, the world will no longer, or the world no longer is going to see me, but you are going to see me because I live. You also will live. On that day, you will know that I am my father and you are in me and I in you. Did you catch what he said? Here's what he said. If you're, if you're really a believer this morning, you ought to be alive. Nothing should stop you from living. Nothing should keep you from going in life. Oh, it's terrible. Life is going to end. Yeah, you're right. Life's going to end. But why hurry up the process? Why live as though you've already died or already been defeated? And God is with us. 
live in that victory, live in that hope. You should feel abandoned at times because you may be the only person around that truly loves the Lord. However, listen, that's why I come to church on Sunday. Because I'm reminded that there are other people like me. I want to just share a few verses and we'll be done. It's 11, 11, 18 and y'all are going to get out of here a little early. Does that shock y'all? When all the cows don't show up, you don't feed the whole bale. Right? I'm just telling you, that's the way that works. That's the way that works. I'm just, I'm just trying to help you. I'm just trying to help you out this morning, you know? I, I don't want to give you too much to eat, too much to chew on. So you're going to be all right. You'll be all right. I'll let that digest for a moment, right? Let that kind of sit there. Okay. That's right, I'm going to give you all some cubes, not hay. So you just got a few cubes here. Isaiah 41.10 says, do not fear, for I am with you. Church, what does the Bible say right there? If God's with us, we shouldn't what? Then why are so many churches shut down? Why? Why are people staying home? Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will also uphold you with my righteous right hand. Joshua 1 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be terrified nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That includes church. Deuteronomy 31 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or in dread of them, for the Lord your God is the one who is going with you. He will not desert you or abandon you. Folks, at this point, they, the, the people knew there was trouble coming, and God says, don't worry about it because I am going with you. I will not abandon you. I will not leave you alone. I will be with you even in the hardest of times. I have watched people go through literally uh, death after death after death in their family, and yet they have remained faithful. Why? Because they knew that God was with them. Romans 8, verse 38, 39 says, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of 